for sinners, his body broken, a king forsaken, as he hung on that cross, the veil in pieces, the temple shaken, they mourned the Savior, but it wasn't for long, oh, he
you're happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning, let me hear you clap. I know you. I know you know it. Let me hear you loud. God, I'm on my knees again. God, I beg you, please again. I need you. Oh, I need you. Walking down these desert roads, water for my thirsty soul. I need you. Oh, I need you. Your forgiveness. It's like sweet, sweet honey on my lips Like the sound of a symphony to my ears Like holy water on my skin Dead man walking, slave to sin I want to know about being born again I need you, oh I need you So take me to the riverside Take me under baptized I need you, oh God I need you Your forgiveness Is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips like the sound of the symphony to my ears Like holy water on my skin I don't want to abuse your grace God, I need it every day It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change I don't want to abuse your grace God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. Your forgiveness is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. Like the sound of a symphony to my ears It's like holy water Your forgiveness It's like sweet, sweet honey on my lips Like the sound of a symphony to my ears Like holy
There's a land that is fairer than day. And by faith we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. What manner of love 
I got a question for you. Here we are, first Sunday in 2024. Who are you? I was listening to a talk the other day about our image as individuals. We all have an image. Um, there are some folks who say uh, that things like dress for success, that that's important, that, that if you dress the part, then you will, you will move into being that person. And all of that has to do with image. And I, I, think, there's, I think it's wonderful to, to, to dress in such a way that your appearance is neat and clean. And, and, um, um, but I think sometimes we can go overboard on all of those kinds of issues. But as I was listening to this guy talk about image, he was talking about who people perceive us to be and the difference between that and who we really are. And so he used, he used this language. He said, perceived image is what others believe about us. And the, we can't help it. People watch us in life and they make decisions about who we are and what we're like and what we're about. And that's going to happen. I mean, that's just a part of living our lives in society that people are going to measure us by what they observe. But we all know that perceived image is not necessarily the whole truth about who a person is. And then this person said that there's a projected image. So there's what people perceive us to be, and then the projected image is what we want others to believe about us. Dress for success, for example. Projected image is what we want people to believe about who we are, but guess what? The truth is, neither perceived image nor projected image necessarily captures the true image of who we are. And so there is the actual image that is the person that we are, whether people observe us or not. It's who we are when we're in public. It's who we are when we're all by ourselves. And as a matter of fact, some have said that the way you can measure a the character of an individual is to see who they are when no one's looking. And so what, what, is, what is the true image of our being? Who are you? Who am I as we are here in the presence of the Lord today? Well, I pray that we're all followers of Jesus, and I pray that if you have not put your faith in Christ, that before this service is over, that you would decide to put your faith in Christ. I will tell you, that is our goal, that people will become believers in Jesus, because we believe that if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation, and everything that is old passes away, and life becomes new because of his gracious provision. One of the songs we sang said this morning that grace after grace is bestowed in our lives as we put our faith in Jesus. And so my prayer is that we would be true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Does that mean that we're perfect at any given moment? No, it does not guarantee perfection. But what it guarantees is that we will be moving in an upward direction to that higher ground that God has for us, both spiritually and physically and mentally, as we follow after him in our lives. But here's a danger. We can become so concerned about what other people think about us that we will fall into the trap of being hypocrites. The word hypocrite comes directly from the Greek, and it means play actor, pretender. That's what the word means. 
And so when Jesus called some of the Pharisees hypocrites, he was saying to them, you pretend to be the people of God, but you're not the people of God. You pretend to be something that you are not. And you are trying to impress those who are looking at your lives. As a matter of fact, he talked about on one occasion that when you give, you should not let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, that you should give so secretly that nobody even knows what you're up to. And he said the hypocrites, however, they make their offerings loudly that people might be impressed with their giving. They say their prayers loudly that people might be impressed with their conversation with God. And he called them hypocrites. Because the truth was they were not as concerned about God and his ways as they were about what people thought of them. And they used God, if you will, to promote themselves. Is there anything more evil than that? to use God as a means to promote the perceived image that people have of us. Well, you don't have to go very far in the New Testament until you come across a story in the book of Acts about a couple who cared more about what people thought than what God knew. Listen to this, Acts chapter 5. Now, a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property... With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. Okay, before we read on, here's here's the context. The church is new in its existence. Uh, People are responding to the message of Jesus, to the resurrection of Jesus. They're like, this was no ordinary man who lived among us. He walked out of the grave and fellowshiped with all of us again before he ascended into heaven to be at the right hand of God. This is the Son of God. And so the church is is being born around that truth, around that reality of who Jesus is. And remember, Jesus said, because of this faith, upon that faith he would build his church, and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And so the church is being built. And as the church is being built, they're finding out that there are a number of people in their community that have needs, real life needs. There are some people who don't have enough food. There are some people who don't have a place to lay their heads down at night. There are some people who need clothing. There's all kinds of needs that are represented in this body that has become known as the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones of God. And so the believers have been challenged to give to the need of others. If God has blessed you, then give generously and the And that which is given, the offerings that are given, will be distributed among those who have need. And so everybody will have what they need as we all use what God has blessed us with. And so a man by the name of Barnabas, Barnabas means the son of encouragement. What a great name. Um, Barnabas came to the the apostles and he said, Hey, I've got a piece of property that I'm not using. 
And so I'm going to sell it, and I'm going to bring you the proceeds, and you use it to help take care of our brothers and sisters who don't have what they need. And the church uh, was amazed at his generosity. As, as a matter of fact, his perceived image was, was better than it had ever been. I mean, they looked at Barnabas and they said, wow, what an amazing guy that he would sell a piece of property and that he would bring all of the money from that sale of that piece of property and give it to us that we might be able to take care of the needs of our brothers and sisters who are going without. Well, Ananias and Sapphira saw this. They said, wow, look at how his stock went up. Look at how people are just so impressed with him. And <clears throat> everywhere we go, we hear Barnabas this and Barnabas that. So Ananias and Sapphira decided, it's kind of in between the lines, right? They decided, hey, you know what? We've got that piece of property across town. Tell you what let's do. Let's sell it, but we won't give all the proceeds. We'll give part of the proceeds, and then we'll keep some back for ourselves. Now, now notice, notice what, what um, Peter says to Ananias. There's stuff written in between the lines here, and it's going to be revealed as he encounters Sapphira in just a moment. But he says to, he says to uh, Ananias, Ananias, why in the world did you decide to lie to God about what you're doing? Don't you know Ananias was trembling in his boots? I mean, if you, if you were doing something uh, for the Lord, um, but you decided you're going to do it this way, but you presented it in such a way that it, it, it looked like what Barnabas did, but you know in your heart that you're not doing what Barnabas did, but you want the accolades that Barnabas received, so you're not going to say anything. You're just going to act like you sold this piece of property and you gave the money to the work of the Lord. And so that's what happened. And he comes and Peter says, what, what possessed you to think that you could lie to God about what you're doing? Man, I'm, I'm going to tell you what. That'll put the fear of God in you. Ananias in that moment is thinking, how in the world does he have any idea about what we did here? When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. Scene two. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, now here, here it's revealed, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? See? It was not, there was nothing sinful at all about them deciding we'll sell a piece of property and we'll give part of the proceeds to the church and then we'll take this other and we'll put a hot tub in our spare room. There was nothing sinful about that. The sin was in the lie. The sin was to act as though you were doing more than you actually did because you were wanting to drive up your stock, your perceived image, in the eyes of those who were looking on. And Peter says to Ananias, there's no sin in the fact that you 
that you would decide to keep part of it back. The sin is that you would pretend like you gave your all. The sin is that you put yourself before God. The sin is that you use God as an opportunity to get notoriety. The sin is that you did what you did so that people would think more highly of you. Perceived image. Projected image. Projecting something to be one thing when it's not that at all. And y'all, this is not just about financial involvements. It can, it can apply to any given area in our lives. For example, the service that we offer to God can be for Him and His people or it can be for us. It's not, it's not the act itself, it's the, it's the motivation behind the act that defines situations like this. And so he asked her, is this the whole amount that you got for the sale of the land? And Sapphira said, yes. That is the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. And at that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in, and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. They wanted the church to believe that they were just like Barnabas, and they weren't. It really was okay that they were not just like Barnabas. It really was. It was okay. Maybe Barnabas was, was better situated than they were financially. Maybe it was a completely different thing for him to sell a field than for them to sell a field. But the fact is, they started to traffic in falsehoods. They started to project something to be true that was not the truth. They were pretending. Pretending can be deadly. I've never seen this played out in my lifetime. Have you? I've, I've, never, I've never seen a couple come into the church uh, who maybe were not completely honest and then fall dead in the church and have to be carried out. I've never seen that play out that way. But I will tell you, I will tell you that for all of us, we know that the truth is when we're not completely honest, a part of us dies. Lord, help me to be more real in my life than I have ever been in all of my days. That's my prayer today. Lord, help me not to pretend. Help me not to project. 
help me not to become so concerned about what other people think of me that I start to live a lie in order to impress them to believe more of, about me than is to, to be believed. Help me just to be who you've made me to be. Let my yes be yes and my no be no. Let my giving be my giving and not something to be compared to someone else's giving. Lord, just help me to be true as I live out my life from day to day. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so as this plays out here, I realize that they're somewhere between coming into the church before they came into the church, there was an opportunity for them to take stock and to decide to do the right thing. Because the Holy Spirit that was at work in, in this scene was at work in Ananias and Sapphira. And I have to believe that there was a moment when they were on their way and they went separately. I don't know why they went separately. That Perhaps that was a part of their scheme. But before they went, they could have decided together, hey, you know what, let's just let them know that we sold a field, but we're just given a portion. We're just given a portion of, of what we received for the sale of that field. Um, they could have decided to do that, but they decided to pretend as though they had done the same thing Barnabas had done. And I have to believe that the Holy Spirit was convicting them every step on the way to church, and they decided against the leadership, the leading of the Holy Spirit in their lives. It's a deadly thing to ignore the Spirit in our lives. That's why Paul says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit of God is attempting to lead us in a pathway that allows us to receive the grace that God is wanting to pour out in our lives. And so somewhere between when they sold the property and when they gave the gift, they could have decided to say the right thing, but they decided to project an image. And it killed them. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. They could have decided on the way, hey, what, what we're planning to do here, it's not right. It's not right. We can't do this. We need to do what, what the Lord would lead us to do, and if, he, if he's okay with us giving a part of the proceeds, then we just need to be honest about that and, and not pretend that, we're, that we are doing the same thing that Barnabas did. All right, let's, let's, get out of, let's, get out, let's get away from money. Are you pretending? Why are you pretending? To impress. You want to be held in high esteem by someone or by a group of people. Confession, simply stated theologically, means that we come into agreement with. So um, to confess our sin to God is to come to agreement with God that there is something in me, that there, there is this something in my life 
that you would regard as sin. And Lord, I'm, I'm going to be honest about it. This is who I really am. And unless you reach in and you, you take away this fallenness in me, then I cannot help myself. And so confession is the act of seeing who we really are. Take away image. It's who we really are. Strip away all the veneer. This is who I really am. This is where I'm living. This is, this is what's happening in my life when no one is looking on. It's the act of seeing who we really are. No rationalization, no justification, no victimization, no saying it's not my fault, it's my parents' fault, it's not my fault, it's the preacher's fault, he never told us about that. It's not that way. The Holy Spirit lives in us. And he never fails us. The preacher will fail you. Your parents will fail you. Your spouse will fail you from time to time. The Holy Spirit will never fail you. All I have to do to know the truth about myself is to go before God and say, Lord, search me and try me and show me. That which defiles your name in me. Confession is seeing who we really are and then laying it before God that we might receive what we really need. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And he has laid on him the iniquity, the sins of all of us. The only thing that keeps us from being forgiven is our own hypocrisy. Because the truth is, at first, I'm pretending with you, and before I realize it, now I'm pretending with myself. Now I'm not just projecting an image to you, but I'm starting to project an image to myself. And it's always deadly. Because... The Bible says the wages of sin, the wages of pretending, the wages of sin is death. I think it's a new year. When I used paper calendars, I used to love it. Get that calendar and it's like, wow. Nothing on the page. I, I can do, I can put whatever I want on the page. Now I have recurring dates on my iPhone. And y'all, I, I am walking 30 minutes a day until the trumpet sounds. That's what it says on my calendar. Every morning, 30 minutes. I didn't walk this morning. But it's on the calendar as far as that thing will go. I mean, I can go, you know, in that, in that calendar you have on your iPhone or on your Android, you can go way, I mean, I can go way, 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 way out and wherever I have a recurring event that never ends, you know, 
I saw something the other day that represented 2065, and I thought, my grandkids are going to live to see that. I'm not, but my calendar says in 2065, I'm going to walk 30 minutes that morning. <laughs> That's what I want my calendar to believe. That's a projected image. I want... And I'm trying to project that on myself. This last week, I walked four out of seven days. That's better than 2023 at the end of the year. Tony, what'd you say? Our New Year's resolutions are good for 20 days? I think that's what you said last week. This is who I really am, Lord. I need you. I need you. It, Ananias and Sapphira could have said, we know what Barnabas did, but here's what we're going to do. And we hope y'all can use it. No foul, no harm. I mean, it'd be, no problem. D didn't Peter say that? If you hadn't lied to the Holy Spirit about it, if you hadn't pretended it wouldn't end this way. Confession. Seeing who I am. Receiving what I need. In order to be who God wants me to be. Whatever others think we are God knows who we are and his spirit will bring conviction to us and conviction really is not a bad thing it is it is like looking in a mirror um, this is a crazy illustration but here here it is God saw fit to give me a cow lick right back here. Nina knows how to cut it to where you don't notice it. But sometimes Nina's busy and I have to go to sport clips. And they ask me the same thing every time. Do you use clippers or scissors? Scissors. I said, I don't care. I just want my hair cut. Use whatever. And when when they do, and they're good people, and if you work at Sport Clips, I love you. <laughs> but Beck says, did you comb your hair? Beck, I combed my hair. Well, it's sticking out. Well, then you comb it. You can imagine, those are, those are moments when we really grow close together. So the other day, she's working on me, and she's, now hold still, and she sprayed it, and then she combed it, and then she sprayed it, and then she combed it. She said, I can't do anything with that cowlick. I said, bingo! <laughs> Neither can I. The best I can do, if, if it bothers her that bad, is just start wearing a hat all the time. It's a part of who I am. My hair won't lay down right there. 
It's, it's who I am. Who are you? I mean, really. And what, what do you need? What do you need? From the hand of God that will help you be who he wants you to be. Who do you need to quit comparing yourself to? Who is that Barnabas in your life? And you just keep, take your eyes off of Barnabas and put your eyes on Jesus. You're one of a kind. You're a masterpiece. Now, you might have a cowlick, but you don't have one like me. That's mine. And you are you. And we're not perfect. What is this obsession with image? Everybody on Facebook has a perfect life. What is this obsession? Our pictures of this is what a real family looks like. This is what it really means to have fun. What were you doing five minutes before you took that picture? And what did it look like before you filtered it? You see, we, we try to convince ourselves, I'm not projecting an image. Get off that treadmill. This is who I am. This is what I need. This is who God wants me to be. It's freeing. It really is. This is what he's given me. This is what I'm able to give. This is the talent God has poured into my life. This is the service I'm able to offer. I told that guy that time, I said, man, listen, you don't need to sing in the choir. People have been talking about you don't need to sing in the choir. He said, yeah, they've been talking about your preaching too. Let's just keep going, brother. Just be you. Just be you. And follow the leading of the Holy Spirit from day to day. Just be you. But then receive from the hand of God the new you that He is wanting to bring into creation. Not image. Reality. If anyone is in Christ, he or she's a brand new person. Brand new person. Not image, reality. Spiritual reality. And it all begins with honesty. Honesty. If only Ananias and Sapphira had just come in and said, we can't do what Barnabas did, but we want to do something. It would have been a different ending to that story. Lord, here we are at the beginning of a brand new year. Fresh opportunities stretching out before us. Lord, thank you for another year. Thank you for your presence with us in, in this new year. Already on the seventh day. Amazing. 
Lord, thank you for what you have done in our lives. Thank you for what you are doing in our lives. Help us, Lord, to be set free from image issues. Help us to to let go of the slavery that is associated with what we think others perceive us to be. Lord, help us just, just to be who we are and to rest ourselves in your arms that we might be all that we can possibly be by your grace. We confess that we need you in our lives. So meet us, Lord, at our point of need and help us to be an example of what happens when someone just honestly and humbly puts their trust in God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this morning. And it's in Jesus' name we offer this prayer. Amen. Right before they sing, I want to tell you something. On January the 4th, uh, Becky and I have been with Sumter First Church for 35 years. We completed 35 years. So we, on, on the 5th, we started our 36th year. And, and I can't believe it. I mean, I just can't believe it. Uh, how the time has gone by and all the many friends that God has blessed us with over the years. And, and people keep asking me, you know, when are you going to retire? When are you going to retire? They start asking you that. As soon as, as soon, nowadays, as soon as you hit 62, people want to know, all right, are you taking Social Security? Okay, and then when you hit full retirement age, well, when are you going to retire? Well, I am retired, okay? And what that means is I'm taking the Social Security check every month and putting it in the bank. And, boy, that is a sweet check. I'm going to tell you the truth. But I paid for it, amen? And I'm just stashing that for, for future days if there are those future days. But, y'all, I am here at God's bidding. And I'm here because he called me to be here. And I'll be here until he says, okay, Ron, that's it. You're done. And he will reveal that. The Holy Spirit who leads us day by day, one day I'll wake up and God will say, okay, it's time. And I promise you when it's time, I'll tell you that this is what's happening and it's time to move toward, toward that, that last day. Uh, I, don't, I don't know when that's going to be. It might be, you know, I, I don't know. So, um, I'm not trying to project any. I'm just being honest. I don't know. I'll be here as long as God wants me to be here or until y'all change the locks. Now, if you change the locks while he still wants me to be here, I wouldn't come to church that next Sunday. Anyway, it's a pleasure to serve. It's a pleasure to be a part of this church family. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to serve God in this place with you. Let's make 24 the best year we've ever had. Not just financially. Thank God for the financial blessings. I pray that we'll see more people decide to follow Jesus because of our influence than we've ever seen before. I want to see every chair filled up. I want to bring the chairs out of the closet. I don't want to do it so we can say, oh, look, perception, right? I don't want to do it so we're projecting as projecting an image, look, we're successful because we filled all the chairs. We're not just asking to fill the chairs. We're asking that followers of Jesus would fill these chairs as we're doing his work, not only inside these walls, but outside of these walls. So talk to people about Jesus and let God use you to bring someone to faith. Let's fill this place up. Let's put ourselves in a position where we 
need to buy more chairs because people are coming to worship him in this place. If you're with me in that, pray that God's spirit would be thick in this place and that God would be able to have his way with our lives. It all begins with honesty. Lord, here I am. I need you. Make me who you want me to be. Never runs out. 